0: The following audio is from Foundation Life Bible Church. More information about Foundation Life is available at www.foundationlbc.com.
1: Good morning. Good to see all of you. Good to gather in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ together. Just a couple things. If you haven't got your elements off the back table, it is Communion Sunday, so please feel free um, to get up and grab those off the back table. I want to do this. Let's turn to Colossians, and this will be our last week in Paul's prayer. And what a beautiful prayer it is. Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 through 14. And we'll primarily spend our time today in verses 11 through 14. And then next week, which I know we're excited about, pick up on the preeminence of Christ in verse 15. So let's pray. Father, as my brother just prayed, this is about you. This is about your glory, God. And this is about um, men and women, Lord, who are often in their flesh, God, who often do not trust you, who often do not walk by faith, God. And so, Father, in this room, we ask you for mercy. And we ask you, Lord, that if anybody right now is dealing with pain, Lord, anybody's dealing with just their body, Lord, failing them in any way right now, God, that you would help them focus, God. We just ask you in mercy for healing, Lord, that you would take away that pain, Lord. Father, thank you for the privilege of gathering in your name, and though we fall short of your glory every single day, Lord, we know that we are yours, and we know that we are worthy because of you, Christ Jesus, and we thank you for that. Thank you for those promises and truths that we hold fast to. and We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 through 14. And again, as I said, we will mostly be in verses 11 to 14. But let's go ahead and read it off for context here. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. And here's where we'll be, 11 through 14. Being strengthened with all power, according to His glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy. Giving thanks to the Father, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness, and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So let me encourage you this way to start out this morning. Um, We are going to have a short time to share afterwards, before communion, where we'll pass the microphone around. And if there's anything that you can share through this prayer, how you've applied it, what you've taken away, what truths God has shown you for the edification of this church. I just encourage you to share that. I encourage you to share how you've used this prayer, what you've taken away, and how we can spur one another on in the faith. And maybe you're like me and you forget when you're sitting under the Word of God. So I would encourage you just to write that down as God brings things to your mind. If He puts something on your heart, Tell shows you the direction to go. I would just encourage you to write that down. So, our focus today is this Paul prayed that the Colossian church would stay the course, that they would stay the course through heresies, they would stay the course through false teaching. And some key questions to consider here is what does it look like to stay the course? What does it look like to dig in in the Lord and endure? And how do I go about doing this? So what truths does Paul give us today in his word and in, in the word of God through the Spirit? So take a look at verse 11 here. It says, Paul prayed they would be strengthened with what? With power. To do what? In order to endure and to walk in patience And joy. And if you look at verse 12, look what it says. And to be thankful. To be thankful. So staying the course is being strengthened in God's power to endure all things in patience and joy and with thanksgiving. But before we jump into 11, I just want to kind of review where we've gone in this prayer so far. What have we taken away? And the first thing we've taken away that we've camped on for weeks is, is that prayer is a practiced mindset. I have to work at thinking on the Lord. I have to work at acknowledging the Lord. I have to make every effort to and the power of the Spirit to, to see Him in all things, to experience Him in all things. And then the last few weeks, we've really looked at, okay, sometimes when I say a brother or sister's name at the throne of grace, I don't know how to pray. You can relate to that. Sometimes you don't know how to pray for someone. Well, Paul says, if we're not sure how to pray for those around us, he says, you can always pray this, pray that they'd be filled with God's word. Pray they'd be filled with the truth. And pray not only would they be filled with the truth, but they would walk in the truth. That they'd obey the truth. That they would apply the truth to their lives. And pray that they would be transformed. That they'd be changed to the glory of God. And then pray that in that, they'd walk worthy of the Lord. They'd bring glory to His name. They would bear fruit. And then here was the ultimate goal. To pray that they would result, that you and I and all these things, the result would be to know Jesus intimately. Jesus said eternal life is knowing Him. That's what we are created for, to know Him, to enjoy Him, to glorify Him. And that's a moment by moment, everyday thing. So as we look at this jam-packed prayer, and man, is it jam-packed, I just invite you to consider this. And all the things that Paul prayed for, notice how one builds on another. Who likes to do puzzles? I like to do puzzles. Okay, I don't like to do puzzles, but if you do, that's great. Okay, so, but a puzzle, when you have one or two pieces, it lacks clarity. We don't know what the picture is going to be. But when they all come together and they're connected, it makes sense. In the same way, Paul's prayer, every component of it goes hand in hand. It works together with the other one. So when I read that they'd be filled with the knowledge of truth, they're all wisdom and understanding, that they would bear fruit, that they would please the Lord in every good work, that they'd be strengthened in His power, that they would know Him intimately, it builds off one another. One thing after another, connecting together as one, working together. Okay, so verse 11 being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. So what are we keeping in mind? Paul prayed they would stay the course. And staying the course, look what it says in Paul's mind, was to be strengthened with all power. So here's the question that pops into my head. Power for what? What power is Paul speaking of? Chris and Alicia just reminded us that part of that power was so that we as God's people would be bold in sharing the gospel and that we would love the way to express faith, expressing itself through love. So, what is this power? I think sometimes we think, well, is this miracles? Is this the miraculous? Are we talking about speaking in tongues, speaking in other languages? What is Paul speaking of here? But he says it. This power that Paul is praying for, and we have opportunities to walk in this all the time, is verse 11. They would endure, have the power to endure with patience and joy. And then verse 12, to give thanks. So being strengthened with all power means to be filled with God's grace. Or we might say it means to be enabled. Here's a reminder to all of us. If you underline commands in Scripture in your Bible, if you read something in the Bible like our class did this morning with the children, and it said very clearly in 1 John 15-18, through Do not love the world. Well, in my flesh, I love the world. But here's what we have to understand. If God gives a command in Scripture, if He calls me to be obedient, if Scripture tells me, then here's what's true there is grace or power in Christ Jesus to live that out. If God calls me to it, there is power to live it. There is power to apply it. That's what it means when we say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it's the power for those who believe. It's the spirit of God in me living that out. So your salvation, if you are saved in here, it began with grace, didn't it? It began with the free gift of grace. But here's what we have to understand. After salvation, every day forward, we are also met to live in that grace. And that's sanctification. So salvation is, and sanctification are both lived through the power of God, through Christ living in and through us, through grace. So let's get the ball rolling here and, and just read one verse that talks about this 2 Peter 1 3. Here's what it says His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence. So how do you and I walk in this power? What is the mechanism? Well, through the means that God has chosen. It's faith. Faith. Being assured of what I hope for. And I like the way this is said. And living with a conviction in what I cannot see being sure of what i hope for and living with a conviction which i cannot see so i put on scriptures like second peter 1:3 by faith trusting that god is who he says he is and trusting that those promises that he gave are mine as his child It's by faith. So stay in the course no matter what life brings, and life brings all kinds of things. It's not the natural response to live in this grace. It's not the natural response to be enabled. It's not the natural response to rely on the Spirit. Here's what Romans 17 says, For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh, where I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. That hits home. That hits home for all of us. We know that to be true. Because what happens when I don't like my circumstances? What happens when I'm feeling overwhelmed? What happens when the weight of this world is pressing down on me? My flesh gets angry, doesn't it? It flies off the handle. And hard things, what does it do? It allows resentment and bitterness to cook in me. When I'm wronged, I focus on that. I think about what? I think about revenge. In my natural mind, I seek out those. You ever done this before? When you're trying to prove a point, you seek out those that you know will take your side. Yes, that's what the flesh does. And then what do I do? I gripe, I whine, not to the person I had the conflict with, but to those who will take my side. And I do what the Jews did. I do what Israel did and when they were in the desert. What did they do against God? They murmured, right? I camera "I can't believe I right? Anybody ever murmur? Yeah? You murmur under your breath? Absolutely, right? So in confrontation and disagreement, the flesh quits on relationships. The flesh looks for the back door. How do I get out of this situation? I don't want to have this face-to-face conversation, so I'm looking for an exit. That's what the flesh does. And what we have to understand is... The truth is that in my flesh, I am unable to stand in the difficulties of life and endure like Paul is speaking of here. I am weak. But here's what you have to know about your weakness. This is such good news. This is amazing. My weakness doesn't have to be a hindrance for staying the course. Let me say that again. My weakness does not have to be a hindrance for staying the course. Well, that doesn't make sense. Well, in fact, your weakness can actually be an advantage, if you will. Why? Because the promises of Scripture tell me that when I am weak, that's when who is my strength? Christ. When I am weak that's when Christ is my strength. When I can't, that's when Christ is my, is my strength. When I'm unable, that's when Christ comes through. When I'm at my wit's end, that's when Christ makes the difference. That's when grace will abound. That's when my faith, by faith, I put on this truth that His power will enable me. Let me read it to you from Scripture. 2 Corinthians 12, 9, 10. I bet you know this first part really well, but let's take it all in. But He said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for My power is made perfect in weakness. And I bet we've memorized that part, a lot of us. But look what else it says. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness. Why? Why will I boast all the more gladly of my weakness? What does he say? So that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses. I am content with insults, hardships, persecuted persecutions, calamities. For when I am weak then I am strong. How? In the power of Christ. This power enables you and I to stay the course, to endure with patience. What a truth that is. It's power that says, I'm not going anywhere. I'm digging in and I'm here. I'm going to endure. I'm going to stay the course. It strives to uphold the truth, to stand for the truth no matter what. Even when it's hard, even when it's hard, and a lot of times it's hard, and then what does it do? And then in Christ's power, it walks in joy. It knows who I am in the Lord, it knows my identity. It knows what God has done for me, and it does not succumb to discouragement. I succumb to discouragement all the time. Why? Because God has a purpose in the trial. And just like we learned in the book of Jonah. Remember when Jonah was pouting, and he had the shade, and then God took the shade away? And what did God do in taking the shade away? He took Jonah to the classroom. He taught him truths about, look, Jonah, you don't get to choose who I save and who I don't save. I'm not here to ask you your opinion. See, Jonah, you're not worthy and they're not worthy. And I'm the only one that is worthy. So God takes us to the classroom. Why? For our sanctification. Because He's teaching us and He's changing us and He wants us to stay the course. And we have opportunities to do this every single day because this life presses down on us. Because we're surrounded by lies and there's things around us that come against us because of our sin, because of my sin, and because of the sin of others. And that's true. But notice what verse 11 says. It says that power is according to His what? His glorious might. This means that this power, church, has no limit. It does not run out. A well that never runs dry. And that power He freely gives. And my weakness... For his glory. And as we keep reading in verse twelve, look in your Bibles, he prayed that what? They would be thankful. Staying the course is not only enduring with patience and joy, but it's being thankful, giving thanks to the Father. God would empower them to be grateful to express thanksgiving, to praise Him in all things, that it would be in their hearts and that it would be on their lips. This week I was talking to a dear sister in the Lord on the phone and she was going through something, almost a parent's worst nightmare, if I'm honest. Um, and it didn't look good. It didn't look good at all. And her circumstances were just pressing in on her. It was like a vice just coming in, and she was losing hope. She didn't know what to do. And so in our conversation, I heard the discouragement. I heard the lack of hope. I heard her questioning, as, as anyone would expect. We've all been there when our circumstances just pressed down on us. But then amazingly, something happened. And by the grace of God, and it was certainly the grace of God. The presence of God filled her. And mid-sentence, right in the middle of just being overwhelmed with her circumstances, she took her eyes off what she was going through. And she did this. She turned her focus on God. And you know what she began to do? She began to give thanks She began to thank him for where she saw his hand at work. She began to thank him for what God had done in this situation. She just began to spout out where she was grateful and why God was so good and why she could trust him. It was amazing. And when you and I find ourselves in a place of discontentment, when we find ourselves complaining, when I find myself just egocentric and self-absorbed, when I find myself full of anxiety by grace, here's what Paul says. Staying the course is in those situations. And this is grace. This is Jesus in my weakness. But it's adoring and thanking my God. It's worshiping my God. Faith expresses gratitude. Faith says, I know that God is working the eternal. What do you and I see most of the time in our life? What's right in front of us? What's right in front of us? But remember, God is working out the eternal, He has the eternal in mind. He has our sanctification in mind. Everything he's doing is for the eternal, for us and for those around us. He's preparing us for what's ahead. We can thank God because for whatever we're going through, he's preparing us for what's ahead. He's getting us ready for the next thing that he's asking us to face for his glory. Faith puts what I'm going through in God's hands. And faith trusts God. Faith trusts His character. Faith acknowledges God and gives God credit. Your do this. This is because of you. And that is so easy for me to say up here. But my goodness, I have to work at that. I have to practice this being mindful. I have to continue to fill myself with this truth. I have to continue to practice applying it and walking in it. And we're not there. And the battle in the flesh is real. But I want to remind you the truth that we said last week. Because the gospel's true, and because Jesus shed His blood for us, because He was crushed for us, because He took our wrath. We get to continue to strive toward that. Paul says, I'm not there, but I press on. I'm not there, but the goal is to grab a hold of the one, to grab a hold of that which has grabbed a hold of me. And I'm not there, but Jesus paved the way so I could continue to pursue I could continue to go after knowing Him. I could continue to go after striving to be like Him. Staying the course is Psalm 104 through 5. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him. Bless His name. For the Lord is good and His steadfast love endures forever, and His faithfulness to all generations. How else did Paul pray that we would stay the course? What do we have so far? That we would, in His power, endure. That in His power, we would walk in joy. That in His power, we would have peace. That in His power, we would give thanks. We would have patience. And then what else does he say here? We would stay the course by knowing our identity. By knowing who we are in Jesus. He says, I'm praying that you not forget your position. I'm praying that you remember the gospel. The pursuit becomes much easier when we know what? We know our position. Remember in our study throughout Thessalonians? I know my position, so I know my pursuit. So let's read verse 12. To the Father, thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. The Father has qualified me and you to share in the spoils of salvation. You and I have the credentials, we have the backstage pass to eternity. You got it, it's yours. And it's yours in Christ Jesus. And look at 13, more of our identity. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom what? We have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. Know today that if you are saved, that the Lord have snatched you out of. He snatched you out of the vices of sin and death. He rescued you. And He defeated the evil one on your behalf. So you're delivered, you're rescued, and He's given you what? Citizenship in heaven and His eternal kingdom. And because of that position, as far as Christ Jesus is concerned, if you are His, you are already there, seated in the heavenly realms. Paul says, stay in the course is knowing my position. I have to be reminded of this on a regular basis. What does the scripture say about what is mine? Because the gospel is true. What does the scripture say about my identity in Christ Jesus? So what is staying the course? Next week, we're going to have the privilege to pray during our prayer Sunday for Bridget, who right now is at Ball State. And she's preparing for students to come. But staying the course is Bridget digging in and sharing the gospel with students who reject it. Loving them, coming alongside them, encouraging them. It's Mario and Jen in a very tough situation. Mario and Jen are missionaries we support in Croatia. Loving their neighbors as they're being wrong. It's Yala, one of the other missionaries we support in Liberia, who, through a very difficult place where he has to deal with the teaching of the prosperity gospel, is holding up the truth. He's speaking about who God is, he's sharing what the gospel is. In a very difficult place where the prosperity gospel is running rampant through Liberia. It's our brothers and sisters who are being persecuted across this world, standing for Christ in the midst of very difficult, hard circumstances. Some of them losing anything. Some of them their life on the line. It's being wronged and treated unfairly. And not harboring resentment and bitterness in my heart, but instead through grace walking in freedom. It's holding fast to Jesus' this sickness fills my body as my body fails me, and physicians don't have answers, trusting in who God is and trusting what He's doing. So, this is what Paul prayed for. He prayed the Colossian Church, and we can pray for each other that we would stay the course, that we would endure with patience and joy and in thanksgiving. Before we close, there's something we have to be honest about. Why many times is this not true in my life and in your life? Why many times do we not Walk in the grace of God and see Christ strengthen our weakness. Well, I think we have to understand something. You know what my flesh will always do instead of turning to the Lord and walking in grace? It will look for something in the world. Instead of enduring circumstances in the Lord, I turn to the world. I turn to what the world has to offer. I look for ways to mask the pain. I look for ways to soften the blow in the world. And Paul says, no, don't turn to the flesh. Don't turn to the sin. Don't go to the word because there are a lot of comforts in this world, aren't there? There are a lot of things for us to turn to. There are a lot of things that will temporarily make us feel better. But Paul says, no, instead, endure the grace of God. Of God, let the Lord be your strength. Understand what the gospel means and that where there's a command in scripture, God will give you the power to walk in that command, to obey that command, to live that command. But we have to be honest about that. So I encourage you during communion today, as you and the Lord take this time together quietly to confess that to the Lord. Where is it that you're turning to the world? Where is it that you're gratifying the desires of the flesh instead of His grace and enduring with patience and joy and thanksgiving in Him? Brothers and sisters, what a prayer this is. What a prayer we have the opportunity to pray for each other in. When I say a brother or sister's name and I'm not trying to pray, just praying Colossians 1, 9-14. Is incredible. Let me read one more verse to you, and then I'll give you the opportunity to share if you'd like, if the Lord would lead you to do that. But Isaiah forty, twenty eight through thirty one, be encouraged in this. Here's what it says. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even you shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Strengthen with the same level as God's power. Let me pray for us. Father, today, as your word often does, it convicts God. We are reminded, Lord, the grace that is available to us. Your power made perfect in our weakness. You, Jesus, being our strength. But, oh God, we confess to you as a people that many times we turn to the world, Lord. Many times we turn to gratify the flesh, Lord. We look to mask the pain in other ways when you, God, want to be our rock when you, God, want to be our hiding place, when you, God, want to be the one that we turn to in weakness, when we're unable, when we can't, God, we confess that to you. Confess to you, God, that often I would turn to food instead of trusting in you. Confess to you, Lord, that often I would murmur, Lord. I would whine and I would gripe instead of turning to you. would confess to you, Lord, that often I harbor bitterness and resentment in my heart and the flesh. Instead of turning to you, understand that because I am yours, you are working all things out in my life for my sanctification, Lord. Father, as your people, we thank you for taking us to the classroom. We thank you for continuing to work in us to change us, God, for your glory. And God, though we can all confess to you that we are not there, we strive, and we strive because you have made that possible. Thank you, Jesus, for that. We love you, and we praise you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Okay, we got that microphone ready? Okay. Hey, can I have a... Thank you, Hannah. Great. So, is there anything as we go through today... That as we've looked through this prayer, how the Lord has spoke to you, anything that you've taken away, how you've prayed this prayer, what truths God has taught you, or just something you want to share about something that God's done in your life. Conrad, you're up. You? Okay,
2: go ahead. Okay, <laughs> That's a long way. So, so two things. Um, one of the things I love about this is it talks about um, being able to share in the saints' inheritance in the light. And I um, was talking to Ezra as he came back from camp this week and, and it was impressed on him this week and he's heard it many times before but this week it really sunk in that hey, when we become, uh, when we become Christians we're adopted into the family of Christ. Mm. We have inheritance because we're part of that family and once we become part of that family there's no going back. There's no being kicked out of the family. There's no being banished or anything You're part of that inheritance forever as part of that family. Um, The second thing that occurred to me, and this is probably a terrible analogy, but we like to watch um, the Ninja Warrior stuff on YouTube, and they're running through the gauntlet, and they're doing all kinds of crazy acrobatic stuff. We watch Australian because it's got a better accent. Um, But but that's what this kind of reminded me of, is that as we walk worthy... It's an obstacle course, yeah. and it takes practice, and it takes intentionality, but the prize at the end is the inheritance of the saints, Amen. and, and it's, a, it's a gauntlet that we have to train for. It's a gauntlet we have to encourage each other in, but uh, well, what a great encouragement to each other hmm. to be able to do that together.
1: Amen.
3: In our studies in the last uh, two or three weeks in Colossians, it's become apparent to me that uh, how close I can get with God. One of the things I've tried to do is visualize walking with God and holding. He's holding my hand. I'm as if I'm a four-year-old child, and as long as I have a hold of him, he can snatch me out of danger. He can. He can be my strength. He can. He knows the future, he knows where i 'm going, uh, but I try to keep that connection, and that 's what he wants. He wants a personal relationship with us. Uh, we come to into salvation in a connection with him through salvation, but then we go off and chase rocks and sticks and do things away from him when in fact he wants us to grab a hold of him and uh, it 's a joy every once in a while when he squeezes your hand as he 's walking with you it 's been a real blessing. Mm. Walking is the key.
1: Yeah, amen. Anybody else?
4: Just two things. Uh, The first one, as we talked about, was being mindful of God in all things. And, you know, you think, you know, hardships and trials, being mindful, but just through the week of working and doing tasks and chores around the house, how much easier it was Thinking about the Lord when I did those things, I found myself more thinking about Him than dreading the task before me. Um, and the other one is staying the course. I'm a person who can very easily get distracted by the the what if statements. You know, if I had this, then this would be easier. If I had you know less trials or less temptations, it'd be easier to follow the Lord. Yeah. I mean, if He would just change my circumstances. And I was reminded in Second Peter one three, His divine power has granted to us all things through Life and godliness to the knowledge of Him. We don't need different circumstances. I don't need a greater income. I don't need to live in any of these other things. It's through the knowledge of God. So He gives me everything I need through the knowledge of Him. So I don't need different circumstances. I just need more God. Hmm. So, Amen. Those are my two takeaways. Yeah.
1: yeah. Amen. Anyone else? Henry, anyway, behind the other way, right there. My dad, right there, to the side. There you go.
5: Okay, I'm an old man, and <laughs> so I've been around a long time, and I've played God's hand many times uh in a bad way. Um, one thing that he's taught me in the last few years is he is God, and he means it when he says he's God. And when he's amazing in the sense that he can't help but give to you. So when you're in trouble, he will give to you um, because that's who he is. But when you mix it with the world, it is so weak and you cannot receive the full blessing because he's, he's God. What he has is all-powerful, but you can ruin that power by playing in the world and letting yourself be deceived. Oh, yeah, I'm receiving from God. Um, This is true, you are, and you're receiving the power. You're receiving the blessing. You're receiving the grace. But guess what? You really get discouraged with God because, well, it he ought to be stronger than that. He ought to be more powerful than that. And so you blame him for what you're doing in your deceit And in the world. And I did this over and over and over. And knew that I was with God and the blessings of God. But the thing is, when we think world and think God, according to James, it is just as he said. You're not receiving the tremendous power, the character of who he is, the joy of him, because you're mixing it. Now, you have to be careful, because that's deceit. It's deceit to think that you can know God and still hang on to things in the world. And so, when people are going through trials... And they try then to walk with God. Your trials are overwhelming at that point. They're very overwhelming. And how can you take on the complete faith and power of what God has for you? You can't. And you get discouraged. And you go back to the world and you go to God that's why it's so important you know things are going well for me now so uh but when things are going well you you, you often don't walk with god you wait until the trial <clears throat> that is really going to be hard for you for all, all of us you have to obey him and do what he tells you to do now while things are going good and he will just pour himself into you. Hmm. It's just overwhelming what he will give you and the joy that will come from that. But you have the responsibility, as I did, to realize when I'm trying to deceive myself that... So... This is why Christians get discouraged, because they're not walking with God, and so when a trial comes, they're not ready to walk with God. They're going to try it, and God's going to give to them, but there's also a lot of fear at that point. You need to be walking with God, which God finally, a few years ago, got to me. You've got to be walking with God every day and make it alive in you and feel his love, his joy. Um, Let him show you one of his characteristics. Let him just, you and him enjoy, let's say, his tender mercies. Let him just pour that into you. Think about that all day long. Just take one small part of God because he is huge and will never understand or get what he has for us on this side. But just take one little piece of God and tell God he loves nothing better that I want to look at your mercy this week. And guess what? Your eyes will be so opened if you look at something specific about God. You will see mercy as you've never seen it before. You will see what God's doing in other people's lives that they're ignoring because they have no idea that God's mercy is being poured on them at that moment. Don't limit God. And you limit God with the world.
0: Hmm.
1: Anybody else? Jeff over there. You know him.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I realized uh, this morning that I have diplomatic immunity. Did you realize that? And we all do as believers in Christ. When it says that we were rescued from the domain of darkness... We were under the authority of that domain. We were citizens of that domain. And now he's, not, he's rescued me. He's transformed me. He's moved me into his kingdom. We also read in scripture that we're citizens of heaven. So when I do something stupid and I sin, it looks like I'm in the domain of darkness or that I'm in that old domain or that I'm in that old citizenship, but I'm not. Because I have diplomatic immunity. I am now a child of the light. And when I do that, that doesn't change who I am or where God has placed me because He's done it through His power on the cross. And I'm learning that the quicker that I get back to that after I do something stupid and sin against the Lord, I can get, I'm, I'm somebody that's very sensitive to my sin and I can get mired in it. I can get stuck in it. I can get focused in it. And what that does is it just makes it worse and worse. And the sooner I get back to the truth that I have diplomatic immunity, that I'm a citizen of heaven, that God has done for me what I can't do for myself, and I turn to him quickly, I'm learning that 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 downward spiral, that negativity, that, that time period is getting shorter and shorter. And the quicker that I turn to God, even though I still have to deal with that sin and it's agonizing... And it's it's horrible to deal with my sin, but the quicker I turn to Him and realize my citizenship, I'm learning that that, that time frame is getting is getting shortened. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And I'm uh, the quicker I turn to Him, the quicker I can get through that process.
1: Mm. Amen. What a truth. Anybody else? Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you, Hannah. And thank you so much for sharing, Church. Um, if you don't have your communion list, you're going to participate today. They're on the back table. Um, but let's just let's just.
4: Thank you for listening
0: to audio from Foundation Life Bible Church, located in Greenwood, Indiana. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for those copies or alter the content in any way without permission. For more information about Foundation Life Bible Church,
3: please visit us online at www.foundationlbc.com.